has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord and they shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honour. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. I will direct their work in truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will call righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sue. Within that great prophecy of Isaiah, which Jesus himself uh, showed came true in him, there is healing and provision for our bodies, for our uh, spirits and our souls through our great God and his love and his grace. And this morning we're going to now listen to a wonderful healing and miraculous testimony. This is a young man, he's not in our church, but connected to our church through family, uh, through Fion, uh, Fion's daughter. And I remember the evening, it was a Monday evening in one of our prayer gatherings, where the call came through for us to pray for this young man who had been involved in a terrible accident on a farm. And there were grave uh, fears and concerns for his life. And uh, we prayed together and many, many others were praying and we sensed the presence and the power of God uh, very, very strongly as we prayed. And uh, this is the result of all of those prayers. We were involved 
in this miracle uh, that God did. So we're going to listen from Andy Kitto and his wife. It was a, a normal Monday morning for me. Um, there was nothing special about it, just another another day. I was I was rolling a field and I had a, a freak accident. I found myself being crushed beneath eight tons of machinery and there the story starts. Rolling a field is generally done after the seed has been put in the ground and it's uh, an operation that we do. On a, on a regular basis after we've sown the crop. So that involves a, uh, a roller, which is about six, seven tonnes in weight, that is just a, a flat surface that goes over the ground, just like a, a roller that you see on a road that rolls a road. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it was just a, a job that I've done many times before. I was out of the, of the machine, out of the tractor, and I was picking stones and I fell and I fell backwards um, and I found myself um, with the tractor coming over the top of me. It mainly went over my, my waist which crushed my pelvis and a lot of internal in uh, organs got crushed at the same time, breaking many bones and making a right mess of me. Yeah, so I was lying in the field. Um, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was flailing around, couldn't get up. I was in a very remote place. No one would ever walk there or pass through. But the first miracle, I think, was my dad happened to be coming up the field. He, he wasn't actually meant to be there. He hadn't been in to work for probably three weeks and he happened to be there that day. Oh, I felt so relieved so pleased to see him in my sort of semi semi-conscious state it was like an angel coming to to save me i was shopping in tesco's as normal i do on a monday morning and um i had a, a phone call from my father-in-law and i could tell on his voice something had gone wrong he never calls me um and he said helen there's been a, a really serious accident the emergency services are here and he said it is pretty serious you just need to pray get people praying even though there were all these people attending to him i knew it was god would have to intervene miraculously because i knew this was really serious <laughs> Andy was taken into ICU and stabilised um, and I was able to visit him the next morning. I met with the consultant and um, she went through the list of things that had gone wrong. His main concern was um, the trauma to the brain, which was swelling quite considerably and would get worse over the next few days. But he also had many internal injuries, um, fractured pelvis, um, lungs had collapsed, lots of internal bleeding, all very life-threatening and they really prepared me for the worst. They didn't think he was going to pull through. But even then in that consultancy room, I knew I just had God's peace. I knew that um, this wasn't going to be the end. We just needed to get people to pray for this miracle to happen. I got straight onto the phone, um, onto WhatsApp, and messaged as many people as I could think of just to get them praying. 
um, and set up a what's, various WhatsApp groups and, um, and everyone would just keep forwarding on all their prayer requests and before we knew it, thousands of people across the world were, were praying for Andy and we saw some incredible answers to prayer. The first one that sticks in my mind uh, was with, with the swelling on his brain. It reached a critical point one night where they were going to have to perform a, a procedure, an operation on his brain to drain it. They were going to take him into the operating room um, just after six o'clock and I got people praying and then half an hour later they rang me and said there's, there's been a change of plan all the swelling in his brain has, has dropped down and it's come back within a normal range and we're now not going to operate. And uh, they were very baffled and I knew that was, that was a massive answer to prayer, that was a miracle. I saw an x-ray on um, Andy's pelvis, it was completely out of alignment, completely twisted, had two great big fractures down either side and I was told this would need a big operation to sort out. Weeks later they were preparing Andy to um, go onto a ward and they were just waiting for this uh, x-ray and report from the um, orthopaedics who were taking care of his pelvis. They kept doing more and more x-rays on it, still no report. And it was only when one of the nurses explained to me that the orthopaedic team couldn't make sense of the x-rays because the pelvis had completely realigned itself. And um, they, they were now deciding not to operate and they, they just couldn't understand it and weren't sure what to write in the report. So and, uh, again, another miraculous intervention by God. So after four weeks of being in a coma, um, and then I woke up, the first week I really wasn't with it. But I, I realised the seriousness of the, the accident, and uh, Helen was telling me, you know, we've got thousands of people praying for you. My church was on their knees, and, and I just felt really safe and lifted up. You know, I realised that I really shouldn't be here, and, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm seriously injured. Yeah, God was in this with me, big time. This whole um, incident, I just feel that I've been fast-tracked in a miraculous way through this whole procedure, you know. There's no other way of explaining it, really. Yeah, I would like to just thank every single person that has prayed for me. We'd just like to thank people that have supported us. Cards, messages, meals, dog walkers, we just want to really thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So yeah, I mean, I don't believe God intends bad things to happen to good people, but I know that he makes good things come out of bad situations. And that's what I feel that this has had. I just think, I'm just so grateful to God that he has brought me through this, brought us through this. I mean, this is going to be a story that lives with me forever and I'm going to never stop telling people about it. What an incredible testimony. Uh, what testament to the healing power of God. Uh, thank you to everyone that joined in the prayers for Andy and all his family. We prayed for them over many, many months. Uh, it's wonderful to see him uh, back up walking around. He looks a little bit stiff uh, walking around there, but after many, many fractures, then I'm sure we all would be. Uh, we continue to pray for him. Uh, he's seen some remarkable healing. Uh, he's not 100% healed. He's still struggling to see out of one of his eyes, uh, but uh, we keep praying for him. Let's pray for him and his family 
right now. Father, we thank you for Andy and his family. We thank you for your great work of healing, your miracle power uh, demonstrated in and through his life. Uh, we thank you that he has a testimony of your goodness uh, and he is uh, being faithful and making that known. Uh, may you glorify your great name in him and through him. Father, we uh, continue to pray and ask for more healing for him, Lord. Father, we ask that you would fully open uh, that eye that is not restored. And Father, that you would bring uh, an ease and a freedom uh, to his joints and his muscles that were uh, affected by that accident. We thank you for all that you have done, the great things you have done. And we pray that you would do more great things in and through this man's life and his family. This we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Sue now is going to share with us from uh, Isaiah 11. 61, sorry. Isaiah 61. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and ever acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. As Gareth said, this, the beginning of this passage from Isaiah is familiar to us because Jesus used it um, when he read aloud in Nazareth. If you remember what had happened before this was that at the age of around about 30, we think, he gave up um, his life of a carpenter. He walked away from um, a job that he'd had in the family firm probably. And the first thing he did was to go to John to be baptized. And after this baptism, he heard the words of affirmation that said from, from God, his father, that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This was the signal perhaps for him to begin his work with his heavenly father, as opposed to work for his earthly father. And depending on which version you read, he was either led by the spirit into the wilderness or he was driven by the spirit into the wilderness where he spent 40 days and 40 nights thinking just what this new commission meant for him. What was this anointing that he had? And at the end of that time, he came out in the power of the spirit, knowing where he was going and what he was doing. And before he ended up at Nazareth, we hear that he had already been teaching in synagogues. But when he came to Nazareth and worshipped in the synagogue on the Sabbath, they handed him the scroll of Isaiah and he turned to Isaiah 61. And the first thing he did was to announce that his authority, his anointing was from God. That it was God himself who had anointed him to do this work. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me too. And what had he anointed him to do? We've been um, subject perhaps to an awful lot of manifestos over the past few weeks as politicians try to tell us what their vision is of how life will be if they're in power. Well, this is Jesus's manifesto. Not what life will be if Jesus is in power, so much as what the kingdom of God will look like when he brings it. 
Some people have said that the words of Jesus were intended to turn the world upside down. I think that's actually not true. What Jesus came to do was to turn the world right side up. Because as we read through these promises of what the world will look like when God is in complete control, when the kingdom of God is made manifest, what we're reminded of is what the world looked like when God first made it. When we read the stories in Genesis, whether we take them as literal truth or whether we take them as a picture of what God's world looks like, we see a world in which there is no pain. There is no sorrow. There is no suffering. Work is something beautiful to be enjoyed, not something to be endured. And we walk hand in hand with God in the cool of the evening. We know that at the fall, that was wrecked. We chose to do things our way in God's world rather than God's way in God's world. And we spoiled the relationship that we should have had. But now Jesus has come to say, actually, I, through me, this can be put right. I can turn the world the right way up so that things are as they should be. I can make it so that people reconnect with God. Over and over again, Jesus proclaimed that the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I never heard him say, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is coming, but you'll have to wait till you're dead to get there. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's close enough to touch. We pray, I don't know whether you use the Lord's Prayer every day or maybe once a week. But in that prayer, we say, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It occurred to me when I was praying that last week that I could say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, so it looks like heaven. Jesus came, and wherever he was, he brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. In Celtic spirituality, they often talk about thin places, places where heaven and earth come close enough to almost touch. In Jesus, we see where heaven came to earth and could be touched. We were called to be the children of God. Over and over again in the Bible, we are called to be the people that God wants us to be in the image of Christ. We call ourselves Christians, which means little Christs. Maybe we should call ourselves Christians in the making. People who want to be like Christ, but haven't got there yet. But I think that that commission of Jesus is our commission too. That we are called to bring heaven to earth. 
that we are called to be Christ in the world. And how do we do that? We do that through our lives. We can preach the good news. We can give hope to people. As we showed in that testimony, we can be those who pray for healing. And I don't understand why healing doesn't always happen. But I trust that God in his wisdom is going to be the one who shows me where his kingdom can come through me. In mini Zoom, they've been talking about the different ways in which we can worship. And one of the things they've been talking about is how our worship, our giving worth to who God is, is by being God in our own neighborhoods, by our service, whether that's because we ring people or write letters to them, or whether it's because we hold them in prayer, whether we spend time serving others in food bank or baby basics or IPAC or anywhere else, whether we do our jobs to the best of our ability so that others see what it is to live a life of integrity. Through all these ways, we are helping to bring heaven to earth. My mom and dad, as you all know, died fairly recently. And for the last year and a half, they had been ready to go home to Jesus. But in their lives, they brought heaven to earth in many different ways. And I wanna be like them. I want to be somebody who is looking forward to spending time with Jesus in a different way than I spend time with him now. But in the meantime, I want to be somebody who helps to fulfill that Jesus manifesto, to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to be one who proclaims freedom for captives, the release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I want to be someone who rebuilds ancient ruins, to restore places to peace and prosperity. I want to be that tree that is planted by God, that will give shelter and fruit to the people who meet me. Because I wanna be a herald that for God's rule and reign, so that the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations, so that his name is glorified and his kingdom comes on earth, so it's just like heaven. And to him be all the glory. Amen. Thank you, Sue. Let us pray together. The anointing and the authority of Jesus is in our midst right now through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. In those verses of Isaiah 61, which Jesus picks up 
at the start of his ministry and reads out in that synagogue in Nazareth. There are promises of God's healing, God's wholeness for our bodies, for our souls and our spirits. And some of us are hurting or unwell in our bodies. Some of us are hurting or unwell in our souls. And some of us are hurting or unwell in our spirits. And I want to pray that God would touch us afresh and bring his healing, bring his wholeness, bring his shalom uh, to do us good. Uh, so let us pray together. Father God, we thank you for your great love. We thank you that you desire that we experience uh, your dimension, your, your dwelling place. You desire that we experience and know heaven on the earth right now. We thank you that in heaven there is no pain, there is no sorrow, there is no sickness, uh, that, that, but there is peace, there is joy, there is pleasure forever in your presence, O Lord. We thank you, O Lord God, that you are uh, the God of who heals. You are Jehovah Rapha. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our healer, that you are our strength, that you are our rock, that you are our fortress, that you are our deliverer, that you are our peace. And Father, we ask for your healing, your wholeness, your shalom in body, in soul, in spirit. Uh, revive us, restore us, and uh, uh, fill us with your power and your spirit to be your worshippers and your witnesses in this world, O Lord. Father, that we might go forth in your anointing and your authority to make you known. And Father, that uh, because of your great uh, work of healing and wholeness and bringing your shalom in our lives, we might give glory and honour to your great name. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your great love. We thank you for your shalom. Shalom, shalom, shalom in Jesus' name. Amen.